Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Nairobi, Kenya with my new friend Robert Bell of robertbell.com. Robert was born in Nairobi, but he grew up in the Caribbean. He came back to get in touch with his roots and be around awesome innovations. Robert loves the mix of multicultural and cosmopolitan people and access to wildlife that is so close to the city. In this episode, Robert and I talk about taking a safari walk, the waterfalls of the Karora Forest, and the authentic music and dances at the Bomas of Kenya. You'll hear about these three amazing attractions, plus a bunch more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Nairobi. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine, and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks for a special offer and to select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey, Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lee, for having me. Happy to be here. Absolutely. So today we're talking about Nairobi, Kenya, and it's a country I've heard a lot about, but I've never really experienced much about it. So what's your connection to the city? Well, Nairobi, colloquially, they call it Nairobi. I didn't grow up here. I grew up in the Caribbean. My dad came here to do some research. Uh, I was born here, but I never spent time here. So that's my connection with the city. I came back about 10 years ago to you know, get back in touch with my roots and explore this innovation hub of Africa. Well, that's fantastic. So what's the main thing that keeps you there? I mean, obviously you came back to kind of explore your roots, but you know, obviously nobody's forced to stay there. So what kind of keeps you in the city? I was just amazed by the warmth and friendliness. I know a lot of people say that about different cities, but there was just this warmth and friendliness when I arrived here. Because I actually had no intentions of, of staying. <laughs> I came for a visit and just to you know get back in touch. And I loved it. I loved it. And I love easy access to nature, to safaris, to see game. It's just so accessible. I mean, you know, when you hear about Africa, you think about seeing a lion, you know, but some some places it's not so easily accessible. But in Nairobi, it's so accessible. It's the only capital city in the world that has a national park within it, 10 minutes drive from the city center. So that just captivated me. So it's a good blend of urbanization, but still that sort of wildlife, if you want to consider, call it that. That's fantastic. Yeah. I've heard a lot from people where certain cities just speak to them like that, where they come there just expecting just to visit and having a good time. And next thing you know, they're packing up all their stuff and just you're planting, <laughs> planting roots. So that's fantastic. So if you had to describe the, the people or the city in just a couple of words, how would you do that? I would say the people in the city, in one word, is adventurous. There's a lot of adventure here in Nairobi. Nairobi is a city that's not scared to push the envelope, to expand, to try new things, to develop. They're very welcoming, so they're not locked into heavy culture, per se, that this is the way life is and this is the way it ought to be. It's a good mix, as I said, and a good blend of you know urbanization and still that African heritage and culture. That's the beautiful thing that I love about it. The people are very adaptive. Nairobi is a city that's with high elevation, you know, sits 6,000 feet above sea level. So I don't know if it's because of the thin air that's here that people are easily adjustable to different situations, different cuisines, because in Nairobi alone, you have a variety of cuisines. So 
people are adventurous here and they go out to try different cuisines, different experiences. Whenever there's a new experience that's open, there's a lot of people talking about it. Nice. I know that I hear a lot about like in races, marathons and things like that, the, the Kenyans, they defeat everybody because they're, they're used to training in that, that high elevation of 6,000 feet. So uh, you have a definitely an advantage there. Obviously, Africa is a, is a huge continent, but people may not be familiar exactly with where Kenya is within the continent. Where would you say that, that you are there? All right. So the best way to first describe where Kenya lies is Kenya lies, the equator runs smack middle in, in, in Kenya. If you follow it to the west, it takes you to South America, just there, touching by Brazil and so on. So that's where Kenya lies. And on the eastern side of the African continent, the shape of the African continent, if you can imagine it, uh, there's a part that's called the Horn. So Kenya is just at the tucked under the Horn called the Horn of Africa. Yeah. And for the audience, then you're closer to the Indian Ocean uh, as opposed to the Atlantic Ocean. Precisely. Touching right on the Indian Ocean, lovely beaches on the, in, on the coastal side of Kenya. So it does touch the Indian Ocean. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So like you said, if you're on the equator, then what's the weather like throughout the year? It seems like it's pretty, probably pretty consistent, right? Not quite. <laughs> it, it, it has um, two major seasons. So if you want to call it summer and in quote unquote winter, because it's on the equator, it mainly captures, so Nairobi specifically mainly captures more of a Southern hemispheric weather. So when it's summer for you there in the Northern hemisphere, it's sort of winter here. So June, July are like pretty cold months. Temperatures fall to below 50 sometimes. It, it does get a bit chilly. Uh, there are parts of Kenya where it does snow, a place called Nahururu, but Nairobi doesn't snow. So the weather is sort of interchanged. And then the summer months are December, January, February. And then in between those two major seasons are rains, um, rainy seasons. So that's, that's what the weather is like generally. And during the summer, it, it does get hot. It's, it's African hot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For people like me who have young children, and maybe if we're planning a visit, you know, obviously summertime is when our kids are off of school. But if we do that, then we're going to be visiting during the cold seasons there. So if we're, if we're planning a trip, maybe it should be during spring break, something like that, because then that way we'll be there during the fall. Absolutely. During spring break will be the best, even here. The activities, uh, spring break is one of the best times. I mean, you can get away with a, a summer break if it's in August. It's a bit chancy, though, because sometimes the cold does extend into August, but it's, it's, it's a gamble. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. So, okay, so, you know, obviously you and I were speaking English. When uh, somebody's coming to visit, is English a, a language that they're going to hear a lot? Or is there another language that they need to maybe brush up on a little bit before they visit? All right, so Kenya actually has two official languages, Kiswahili and English. So English is a national language. When you go to public places, uh, especially national parks or anything, English is widely acceptable and spoken. Even in the hotels, people are fluent in German and Italian, but mostly on the coastal side in the Indian Ocean. Uh, but within Nairobi, at least, English gets you by very easily, very quickly. Signs are in English. Actually, more signage is in English than in Kiswahili. So you can get by very easily. Oh, good, good. Yeah, because I think that's one of the things that really stops a lot of Americans from traveling is that they're worried about, oh, am I going to be able to speak the language? Am I going to be able to understand things? Am I going to look like a tourist? You know, those type of things, right? (laughs) (laughs) What I can say, Lee, also, besides English being dominant here, is Nairobi is a very high-tech city. So there are times where you may not even have to use English. There's a lot of digital technology here. You order stuff online you can order using mobile phone pay using mobile phone 
or your credit card etc so it actually even just reduces even the chances of someone being identified as a tourist (laughs) well that that, i think that'll reassure a lot of people so like you just mentioned there about mobile payments and everything that was going to be one of my next questions is do we need to worry about converting to a local currency maybe having some some of the local cash or uh, should we use credit cards and, and mobile pay wherever we go you can use your credit cards. I always advise to convert into you know some of the local currency because you might find there are a few places that credit card may not be accepted, but very few. But just also it's easier to trade and make payments when you have local currency. And as I said, it's it's a highly cashless city. Nairobi is a highly cashless city. So you can take transport, pay with mobile money, because here in Kenya, there's something called M-Pesa. So it has its own mobile payment network. And just to give you some context of it, about between 35 to 50% of the GDP of the country runs through that platform. Oh, wow. That's, a, that's pretty amazing. Let's think about if people are trying to come, say, from America, what's the best way to, to fly to Nairobi? And then I assume there's just the one major national airport there, correct? Uh, no, um, a few uh, national airports. But within Nairobi City, there's one international airport. Uh, if you're coming from stateside, if you're on the East Coast, Kenya Airways, which is a national carrier here, actually has a direct flight, 14-hour direct flight from JFK right into Nairobi City, brings you here. Delta, Delta is an option to come here. You can get a flight. Sometimes it does, because of this, the alliances, stop over somewhere in Europe. A lot of flights that come here, more of the Middle Eastern airlines, such as Emirates, Etihad, yeah, those are the ones that are the popular ones that come here. So there are several options that you can get here. Um, if you're thinking about an American-type airline, besides Delta that I said, you can also use American Airlines and connect on that alliance. You switch aircrafts probably in London because they're connected with British Airways. So several, several options. That's good. That's good to know that there's a lot of options to be able to get there. Now, once we arrive at the airport, to get from the airport to the city, do we rent a car, take public transportation, or use like a ride-sharing service? What's the best way to get around? No, I wouldn't advise renting a car. (laughs) The ride-sharing services are so many and so easily accessible, safe, affordable, quite, quite affordable. For instance, uh, if you come in from the major airport, if you take a ride-sharing app, you're looking at about $15 to $20 to get you down to the city center. So quite affordable there. I also don't advocate for renting a car because just the road network, uh, unless you're used to it, uh, the signage may not be as populous as someone might expect. So unless you know a particular road, (laughs) you might wander off somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, the ride sharing apps are very many and just, especially if you have Uber, so Uber is one of them, you can just, the same account, you just tell the app that you're in Kenya and the options pop up. Well, fantastic. Okay. Now, when we're planning uh, where we should stay while we're visiting uh, Nairobi, are there certain parts of town where we should look to stay or are there other parts where maybe we should avoid? I I would first start by saying avoid the city center. (laughs) Yeah, it's a city center. (laughs) I I think wherever you're coming from, you've seen a city center. It it can get busy. The best places to stay definitely are just outside the outskirts of the city center. There's one place, a commercial area, it's called Westlands. That's where a lot of the major hotels are. It also has a buzzing nightlife. It has easy access to supermarkets, the malls. That's a great place for people to stay around that area called Westlands. That's that's a great area. Just It's just outside the city center. As a matter of fact, you can take a walk during the day, at least to the city center, if you, you do need to. Thirdly, 
you also don't want to stay in the city center because uh, there's not much in the city center <laughs> besides maybe the national archives is there but the rest of the activities that you would want to do within the city definitely outside of the city center okay and then one of the things i was looking that uh, seemed pretty interesting that we don't really have a, them here in the us is something called a boda bodas what are those and and how are you, how do you use those to get around <laughs> so uh, boda boda is just a, a motorcycle they came about because of transport between borders people had a lot of heavy luggage between borders so guys started using their motor motorcycles to ferry passengers and goods and it expanded now into the cities and all across the african continent so a border border is pretty much like a ride sharing app uh, when you use uber you get options you can get a car or you can get a border border and a border border is just a motorcycle with all the safety requirements helmet etc why they're so popular is because they help you to navigate the traffic very quickly. So they have routes and, and ways and means to, you know, bypass the traffic uh, very quickly. So it, it's, it's an adventure. Um, it's not for everyone. <laughs> um, if you're adventurous, it happens. But even a lot of people who come for business meetings, they stay at hotels and take a border border to the meeting as opposed to sitting in the long hours of traffic. We know how these metropolitan city traffic can be. It uh, can be a nightmare sometimes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk about some of the things to do while we're visiting Nairobi. What are what are some of the things that people should not miss when they visit? Well, absolutely one thing you should not miss is visiting the Nairobi National Park. As I said earlier, Nairobi is the only capital city in the world <laughs> that has a national park. Think about New York and Central Park, but Central Park with game where you can go and see lions, where you can see elephant, where you can see most of the big game. It's literally just a short drive out. That's something everyone must do. And you can experience that by driving. You can hire a driver in a car to take you around the national park. You drive around, you spot the animals, or you can do a safari walk where you can just walk. You can see the lions that are caged, elephants, zebras, everything you can think about. Well, yeah, most of everything you can think about. That's something people should definitely do. If somebody wants to be able to do that, obviously, because that's one of the things when people think of visiting Africa, do they book the tour or book a car through the concierge at the hotel? Or is there a place you'd recommend that they book that? So there are various options. Um, they can book a car through the hotel. And also there are a lot of safari sort of agents. One that I, I like a lot is Bonfire. Bonfire Excursions does a lot of these activities. I use them a lot for even my own personal and family trips. And they tend to have specials and they, they get specials directly. If you check on the site, you will get a special offer. So they get a lot of special offers. Okay. And so what are some of the other things to do besides the safari walk? All right. So Nairobi, as I said, is a mixture of things. You can do the safari walk. If you don't fancy maybe being adventurous and doing the safari walk, you can see specific there are areas for specific game. So there's a place called the Giraffe Center where you can go and feed giraffes, where you can see them, learn about the history of the giraffes. You get to take pictures with them, stand right next to them, pet them, everything you can. You just, just get very intimate with giraffes. Similarly, you can do the same thing for elephants. There's an elephant orphanage. And all of these are within close proximity of each other, you know, very close proximity, just like maybe two miles apart or something like that. So you can visit the ele elephants, you can feed them, you can take pictures with them, etc., um, from a nature perspective, because that's one thing people want to come to Africa for, of course, you have places like Karura Forest. It's a forest that just is, people just say it's magical. I think that's the best way that I can explain it. You know, a forest with waterfall, with people go there a lot just to just get back in touch with nature. It's 
just outside of the city, but it has this calming, you feel like you've traveled for five hours outside of the city to get that kind of experience, but you have it just within a few minutes. That sounds incredible. (laughs) One thing just real quick about the animals and being able to see them. You know, we had it here in the U.S. A big thing this year was like Tiger King, and you hear all these like kind of horror stories about different places where they treat animals poorly. Are the places that you're talking about here? Are they they take really good care of the animals? It's not something where they're like taking advantage of the animals. It's they really are truly doing good work for the animals. Yeah, absolutely. The places that I've mentioned are all national places, so they're run by the the federal the national government, and they have rangers, experienced trained rangers that take care of them. It's not like, for example, someone just caught a lion in the wild and have a makeshift cage, you know, and mistreating the animal. So all the animal rights are, are taken care of. You you can see it for yourself. That's the beautiful thing about these animal places. You get to see the schedule. And they're very strict when it comes to time. So if you come at a particular time, you, you can't insist, I want to do this. They, they keep them on a schedule. Good, good. Glad to hear that. So what are some of the other things that maybe that aren't necessarily just about animals? I know there's obviously a lot more about the city of of Nairobi and the country of Kenya. What are some of the other things that that we should do while we're visiting? Right. So besides animals and everything, the cultural aspect, there's a place called the Bomas of Kenya that, that shows you the rich culture of the Kenyan people. All the tribes, Kenya has 47 tribes, and each tribe has its own way of doing things, its own ritual, its own culture. So the Bomas of Kenya is is the cultural capital, if you want to call it, where you can learn a lot about the rich culture. And knowing about African culture, there's some tribes that have similarities with other tribes in other countries. So they show you that sort of heritage, you know. So quite a number of tribes in Kenya are what you call Bantu tribes. You find those tribes in Uganda, in Tanzania, in Zimbabwe, in you know Zambia. So it shows you the interconnected nature of African tribes and how culture travels across borders and across seas. Well, that's wonderful. So what are some of the other things that, that we can do while we're there? All right. Besides nature, besides culture, there's activities for events, there's going out at night, there's always something happening in Nairobi. That's the best way I can say it. (laughs) Nairobi is a a mixed appetite city. So you have jazz events happening all throughout the year. There's one popular one that I know is called Karoga Festival. It happens almost every two months where they bring different genres of music together. It's there's another event called Blankets and Wine, where it's you go out in the park you carry your blanket, you listen to live performances, and the genres are mixed. You know, you talk about from doing solo violin performances to acoustics, to reggae, to Afro beats, to Lingala, just a wide variety of experiencing music. So if you're a music lover, there are always musical events happening in the city of Nairobi. Besides that, Nairobi is an eating capital. There are always eating festivals. One popular one is a burger festival. Another popular one is Pizza Month. That happens in the month of October where everyone who makes pizza, pizza is a very big thing here. Everyone who makes pizza showcases it. They have discounts um, in partnership with Visa. So you go around, you can buy like a pass, a month pass and sample pizza at every restaurant imaginable in the city. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely going to be booking my trip for October now because I'm all about the pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should. Pizza Month is, is very big because it's, it's an experience, so it's not just eating the food. There's activities around it. You know, you hop around different um, restaurants, just 
sampling different types of pizza. Bloggers give opinions about it. It's a food capital. There's always something to eat, some new activity to try out. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, one of the things about travel is also just trying the local cuisine and, and sampling flavors that you can't find at home. So what are some of the restaurants that maybe we should visit while we're there? All right, there, there are lots of um, international restaurants, as you says, but a lot of local restaurants. One of my favorites is Nyama Mama. Of course, if you come to Africa and to Kenya, if you do eat meat, you got to try different types of game if that's your fancy. So Nyama Mama restaurant is a good place to go. If you're a burger lover, you can have burger in a localized cuisine. That's at Mama Rocks. But then now to the actual local cuisines, one big thing here is meals called chapati. It's like if you're familiar with Indian cuisine, it's like a naan, almost like a naan bread. Chapati and lentil bean stew is a, a popular local dish. Locally, it's called chapati and dengu. The pea stew is called uh, dengu. That's that's one meal you definitely got to try. I can't necessarily name restaurants per se for some of these meals because you find them in almost every restaurant, every local restaurant. <laughs> the restaurants are many, but as I mentioned, Yama Mama does carry a lot of a lot of these local dishes. Another meal that you should try is called gideri. It's a mixture of maize or corn, corn and beans. That's it. Just corn and beans stewed up very nicely. It's it's very delicious. Now, say if I'm tra- I'm traveling with my wife and we want to go out someplace nice for dinner and then go out maybe dancing or you know have a couple drinks afterwards. Where would we go for that? The options are so many. If you want to go for dinner and then go, as I said earlier, Nairobi is buzzing nightlife so it depends on what you want to go to do do you want to go like to a club well i don't really go to clubs so i can't give you much of that experience <laughs> well i mean we're like we're like mid-40s you know so we're not clubbing too much you know but maybe just like you know nice like romantic dinner and you know, a little dancing afterwards you know something something calm so for dinner you can have dinner even at some of the hotels even if you're not staying there they have some very good restaurants if you want to have a more game sort of meat, an all-you-eat, all-you-can-eat buffet restaurant called Fogo. That's a good place if you want to sample different types of, of meat. If you want to go out, Westlands, the place where I said the best hotels are, is the place to be. There are so many activities, and every night there's a different theme in different places. One of the bustling spots is called Brew Bistro. It's a great place to hang out. It's very popular. It's a rooftop. You can start even from early afternoon, but after dinner, you can definitely go there and check it out as a place to hang out. Oh, nice. Okay. Last one. If we were going to go out and grab a good breakfast before we head out for maybe the safari walk or exploring for the day, where would we go for that? Two quick popular places for a nice breakfast. It's a restaurant called Java, Java House. They're very popular for breakfast. And another one called Art Cafe. Art Cafe has a very good breakfast. Particularly if you're vegan also, they have a very good vegan option. And trust me, that will give you a lot of energy, a lot of calories to get you going and worked up for your activities for the day. Well, that's fantastic. Okay. Well, Robert, I really appreciate sharing all these tips, but now it's time for the final countdown. So if somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Nairobi, where should they go and what should they eat? If you only have time for one meal, you must try Kenya's national dish. And Kenya's national dish is called ugali. Now, ugali is... I, I don't have anything that can compare it to it, but just imagine a big white sort of ball on your plate and you eat it with your hands. You pinch into it and you eat it with some sort of vegetable spinach and it usually goes with fish. And the place to get that, I would say, is Mama Olech restaurant. They have the meanest fish and ugali and vegetables. That's the dish that you must try if you only have time for one meal. It's the delicacy of Kenya. That sounds like a wonderful experience. 
Now, like you said, you've lived in, in Kenya for probably a decade or so. So you have so many different stories. Which one of your most memorable? I have so many of them. One memorable, I must say, is when my girlfriend, who is now my wife, <laughs> took me to the national park and then we started dating. <laughs> so that was a memorable moment for me. Um, so yeah, we went on a date and decided to get serious with a lion in our background. I mean, I think that's <laughs> that's quite memorable for me. So yeah, and then I got married in this city. So from that moment, it's just very memorable for me. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So speaking of happy times, where's the happiest happy hour in Nairobi? Happiest happy hour that I've been told by everyone is Brew Bistro. That's the place to go for happy hour. Right on, okay. One of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. We talked about Pizza Month. Obviously, there's lots of different pizza places in Nairobi. What's the best place to go? If you want your classic pizza, there's Domino's still. Um, but you know, I don't think anyone wants to come to Kenya to try Domino's. <laughs> I mean, they might. You want to try a different one. But if you just want to be safe, you got you got your Domino's here. Then you also have your our African pizza franchise called Pizza Inn. Those two are the top places if you want to get for your pizza. And there are many, many, many other options. that I can name them Pizza Mojo. They have some vegan options by vegan bakers locally. Seoul Restaurant, that they make some very good vegan restaurant. Uh, vegan pizzas, sorry about that. Yeah, and pizza is everywhere. It's so big that, as I said, there's a pizza month. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to love uh, Domino's quite a bit, but uh, I don't even eat Domino's in, in the U.S. anymore. So probably won't do it in Kenya. <laughs> so definitely a Pizza Inn or Pizza Mojo will be uh, be on the list. You know, you and I met through this place called Travel Massive, which is a collective for a lot of different uh, travel bloggers. So obviously you have a ton of travel tips between growing up in, in the Caribbean and then coming back here and knowing a lot about Kenya. What's one of your best travel tips? My best travel tip is leave the comfort at home. Don't travel to a new city to enjoy the nicest parts of it. I mean, be safe. But get a bit local sometimes. So if you want, you can stay in a hotel for a few days and then switch over to an Airbnb for a day or two and then just expand and try to get a bit more local so you get to experience the variety of a city. That's usually my best travel tip. So I do that at times, Um, of course, taking safety as a priority. I take the public transport, you know, just to experience how it is, you know, as a local living there. No, I I totally agree with that. That's the fantastic way to travel as far as I'm concerned. Robert, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips. Let's have you tell the audience a little bit about yourself. I know you have a book. Let's hear all about it. All right. Thank you, Lee. So I'm an adventure lover, definitely. <laughs> uh, by profession, I'm an accountant. Um, I'm a speaker. I'm an author. I'm a champion of creativity. I, I released my first book. It's called Blow the Lid Off, Reclaim Your Stolen Creativity, Increase Your Income and Let Your Light Shine. It's it's all about just tapping into creativity for everyone, doesn't matter your profession. And one of the best ways to do that is traveling. I advocate a lot for traveling, for learning about different cultures. And Lee, thank you so much for your podcast and for your show. So we can learn a lot about different cultures. It really opens up our creativity to see that there's a different way to live. There are different ways of doing things, different ways of experiencing life. And that can help us just have a more happier life. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on here. If somebody wants to talk to you about Nairobi or if they have questions about your book, what's the best way to reach you on social media? Social media, best way, I'm on LinkedIn, Robert A. Bell. That's the best way to get me. Same handle on Instagram um, and on Facebook. You can get me on those three major platforms. Fantastic. We're going to include all links to all those on the show notes. And Robert, I, again, appreciate uh, you coming on the show, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you. Looking forward to hosting you, Lee. Taking pictures with a lion. <laughs> That'd be awesome. 
What an awesome conversation with Robert. You can find all the links we talked about at wetravelthere.com forward slash Nairobi. We want to say thank you to Bluffworks for being an affiliate partner of today's episode. Bluffworks offers many styles to fit your needs, so that way you can stay wrinkle-free while traveling. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks and use the promo code LEAD to save 10% off your order. Join us next time as we head to Venice, Italy to speak with my new friend JP Morselli of ClassicBoatsVenice.com. JP and I talk about the Regatta Historica, Redentore, Fireworks Festival, and Gondola Rides. You'll be joining us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.